0: Weekend mornings with Glenn Zumpfan, replay from Money FM 89.3.
1: The Golden Globe nominations came out and of course the best motion picture drama 1917, uh, the musical or comedy Dolomite is my name and then we've got a whole bunch of other listings that have come out. And Neil Humphreys is with me in the studio this morning. And, Neil, we have our guest, Dan Koh, who is the producer of I Dream of Singapore, also joining us for this segment. Uh, let's talk about these uh, different nominations well, today. It's because it's uh, the awards are Sunday, Sunday night, yep. Monday morning. They'll
0: be live in Singapore Monday morning, hosted by the ever-polarizing but popular Ricky Gervais. <laughs> oh, he's worth it just to watch just Yeah, what I he's mean, say. Every time he says he's not coming back, he comes back. So I thought it'd be great to talk to Dan on this one as a, as a producer, sure. and particularly a freelance producer, because the key for any producer is distribution. And what fascinates me with this particular Golden Globes is this is without a doubt the year of Netflix. I mean, forget the year of the rat. Mm. This is the year of Netflix on the Golden Globes because, and we'll bring Dan in after this, but to set it up, you know, there's been this love-hate, mostly hate, Relationship towards Netflix and traditional studios for a number of years. In fact, until recently, the Oscars would shun Netflix movies. You know, they had. So, what Netflix have started to do, of course, is have a limited theatrical release first for the likes of The Irishman, which is nominated, uh, The Two Popes, and Marriage Story. Give them a limited cinematic release first simply because they can qualify for the awards. That's the only reason. That is the only reason. They don't even disclose the box office figures, which Netflix can do, apparently. They don't even Mm. disclose their viewing figures. So what is interesting to me, best film drama, and then we'll bring Dan in, 1917, which sounds terrific. I haven't seen it yet. The Irishman, Netflix movie. Joker, Marriage Story, Netflix movie. The Two Popes, Netflix movie. So three out of the five nominated movies for Best Film are Netflix Movies. So, Dan, we are definitely seeing a seismic shift here, aren't we, in how movies are financed and distributed?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Netflix is almost the most significant player in the game now. Of yeah. course, Disney and the big studios still dominate the box office, but uh, Netflix is really aggressive and hungry As a studio and as a VOD platform, they fund now, I think, about 50 to 60 firms a year. And then they're going into a lot of uh, local and regional markets to fund, commission new TV series or new firms because they also realize that, you know, the local markets want those kind of content. So I think with the Golden Globes, we're seeing the results pay off really. And Mm. I mean. So there's an acceptance now a begrudging acceptance should we say i almost don't think it matters what we in the industry feel about netflix because they have changed the game so much right. we just need to get used to it
1: yeah it's just the new normal right and you know you look at amazon that just uh, bought that about the culver studios and they're redoing that whole uh, very storied uh, studio in southern california as well so we would you know they've, they've done a lot of great work already but you know, it's only going to get more so as all of these newcomers to the to the market realize, you know what, we can compete on this high level, and we can actually make money off these films. The films are generally less expensive to produce than than the big studios would have produced in the past. But they're they can make money, they can get audience acceptance, and they got great content for their platforms. And when you look at uh, when you look at sort of what's happening or what's, what's been happening in the film scene around Singapore. Now, Singapore has not made a big dent yet into that space. But do you, do you feel like there's some, there's some space here where Singapore, Singapore could start playing, uh, especially after, you know, Crazy Rich Asians has now brought some notoriety or at least some attention to Singapore? Uh, what do you think like, the future looks like for the producers yourself and the films here?
2: I think the future is pretty bright. Uh, in terms of Netflix, I think a lot of us are already quite honoured and grateful that you know Netflix buys our firms as Netflix originals. Mm. So another firm that was one of the producers on Land Imagine, is already on Netflix. Uh, Land Imagine was Singapore's representative to the Oscars.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't know that. It I is. There's a plug. Land Imagined, a Singapore movie. I knew the movie. <laughs> yeah. but I didn't know it was on Netflix. So I'll be straight away bookmarking that one tonight. <laughs> yeah. So
2: I mean, it's, it's it really helps the bottom line like mm. a lot. But I think there's so much potential to go because you see players like HBO Asia commissioning new series. So it's like a series of uh, short films, if you will. Netflix too hasn't commissioned any you know for example um, well they have Singapore Social I guess they have a few mm. and like they there. have
0: some stand-ups Faka fuzz has been on there and yeah. I don't know I've been, I've been in talks with Netflix over my uh, uh, there book you go. series, But um, a very long and protracted process. I, I think we're going off tangent slightly, but I also think that Netflix are still trying to work out how to position themselves in, in Southeast Asia. But the point you make about HBO is, is very interesting because HBO features quite prominently as well in the Golden Globes. Um, their fantastic TV series Chernobyl is nominated across the board as well. So what I think is happening here, I, I personally think it's, it's win-win for the consumer. Because I felt my own opinion is that HBO didn't didn't plateau, but maybe they took their after ball slightly as Netflix dominated. But in the last couple of years, HBO has gone back to the HBO, the mm. HBO that produced The Wire and The Sopranos, and and you know all those great early shows. You know Chernobyl Board is one York,
1: Boardwalk Empire, Boardwalk Empire, yeah. but yeah. they've
0: come back flying with Chernobyl, mm. lots of nominations, Succession. Lots of nominations. So they've really lifted their game. Equally, Netflix, Marriage Story for me was one of the top three films I've seen in the last 12 months. I thought it was an astounding film. Adam Driver, who Singaporeans will know as Kylo Ren, the big bad guy, and, mm. and, and lots of other stuff. Mm. Magnificent. Scarlett Johansson, everyone knows her as Black Widow, but it's nice to see her in such a restrained performance. So I think Marriage Story is going to do exceptionally well. The Irishman is a film that every major Hollywood studio turned down, despite the fact it's got Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel, Joe Pecci, and Martin Scorsese. Every studio turned it down. It's going to win a fistful of awards as well. So... That's the key, isn't it? There's, there was initially this idea that a lot of Netflix content was throwaway, disposable content. And look, they'll happily still make that. They make the rom-coms at Christmas that my daughter loves and so on. But they're making really quality products now, aren't they?
2: Mm, I mean, I think as uh, as the studios kind of have their business chipped away, the first thing to go are the middle tier of so-called adult cinema. Mm. So, you know, directors like Scorsese, if you yeah. will. When Netflix and, and some VOD platforms have stepped in is to commission and to keep this tradition of so-called classical cinema going. Um, and I do think, you know, me as a viewer, first and foremost, very grateful. But also I think the distribution problem still remains to be seen because I personally, I mean, I haven't seen The Irishman because I'm waiting to see it on the big screen. Mm. And in Singapore, I don't think anyone it has. It wasn't released on the big it screen. It has right? yeah. so, I've
0: been asking the projector to, <laughs> to have a look at that. But yeah. look, on the big screen thing, I get it. Of course I do. I think everything ideally should be seen on the big screen. Christopher Nolan, IMAX, the bigger the better. But you know, I've got a sixty-five-inch television. It's not small, mm. and it's—it's. It's, I can see things on that television that some sometimes I can't see on smaller multiplexes. And on that point, I saw Knives Out, which I thought was terrific, uh, just yesterday, uh, the Ryan Johnson movie. And I, I won't name the cinema, but it was the big cinema chain in Singapore. That sometimes I feel, and I, I'd be interested to hear your view. The projector doesn't do this, obviously. They have the big screen. Once you get past screen one and two, those screens five, six, seven, and eight... Are not that much bigger than some of the big TVs in your houses, and you, you, you know yeah. what I'm saying. On yeah, this, you one? must
2: have an incredible system. Because yeah. if your system can compare to a shoebox cinema, which is what you're talking with about. The
0: sound, obviously, I'm not going to say that, but you take the point, right? That some of these smaller screens in the multiplex. But uh, to me,
2: it's also it's not just the image and the sound quality. It's the fundamental thing about you know being in a cave, Ooh. if you will, with complete strangers. The shared experience, in a way, yeah. Even if you know they're annoying or they're eating popcorn or things like that. But, yeah. you know, it's just that feeling of, you know, potentially seeing something life-changing with strangers.
0: Yeah, yeah. and also, Gen- sorry to interrupt, yeah. the, also the, uh, watching The Knives Out, which was funnier than most comedies I've seen, that shared experience of communal laughter. There's something in there. I have a tendency to laugh quite loudly, but when you're doing uh, it in a big audience, it's fun. But the communal experience... Is a is a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Glenn and I have spoken about mm, this quite a lot. Mm. I am very selective now. I'm a grumpy old man, but I, because I get so intense <laughs> in the movie, I, you know, I, you know where I'm going with this. I'm very selective about the movies I see at the cinema now because I know I can't trust the audience. Mm. That's another issue, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they're just films that are made to be, you know, seen at home, seen at the cinema, even some firms that are meant to be seen on airplanes or yeah. on smaller screens. I mean, I think, yeah, it's a real proliferation of uh, so-called content or firms, if you will. And yeah, we just need to be more educated and careful. I think. Okay, yeah, in
1: conversation that. with uh, Dan Coe, the producer of "I Dream of Singapore," a new documentary that's out. Uh, Yuan Bin is the director. Glenn Goy is the executive producer. And uh, Dan, let's talk a little bit about the business model. You know, we talked about Netflix and Amazon and some of these other studios now producing these films. You know, what's the reality behind? the business and you've produced what 4 or 5 films now and it still is not a business where where people are making a lot of money right generally kind of a shoestring budget what's the business model look like from your perspective as a singaporean based film producer how does that where does that money come from how much do you need to produce a film like i dream of singapore etc so, disclaimer that I work
2: in independent like, mm. Singapore and Southeast Asian films. Sure. So, it's almost like a whole parallel industry to the commercial cinema. Got it. So, we're not even talking about Hollywood and the bigger budget stuff. We can't even compare to like the Jack yeah. News. It's not Singapore. $200 million. <laughs> oh, no, no. So, um, but,
1: but this is how the great filmmakers and producers start though, right? You start on the independence and then you build your way up to the bigger... The bigger. Please, mm, go ahead yeah. continue.
2: So... For for independent cinema and certain commercial cinemas, we actually rely quite a lot on grants. Mm. So, for example, with Land Imagine, it was uh, funded by the Singapore Firm Commission under IMDA. So, we got some from there. And then it was also like a multi-country co-production. So, Singapore, France and the Netherlands. Mm. Singapore, um, the main production company is called Akanga Firm Asia. But we also found a co-producer called MM2 Entertainment Singapore, which is a huge conglomerate. So they put in some, France, we applied to their government grant, and then we got it. In the Netherlands, we got it from their government grant as well. Mm. So with like Art House Independent, a lot of the times it's about patching together grants because um, the tradition of private investors actually really only exists in the U.S., it's really hard to find it elsewhere.
1: Do you think is there an opportunity is there a is there a an investment opportunity for Singaporeans or Singapore based companies to start investing in homegrown movies like the ones you produce? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean are they gonna get a return on investment? Well you can never promise, but yeah. um you know,
2: you I, I think you always have to first believe in the project, you know, and then ask around see whether the director has a reputation, who are the companies attached, who are the producers attached. If you're asking me about like the ROI, like the return on investment, Mm. I don't think any firm, unless it becomes a super blockbuster, is going to compare to whatever you can make in stocks or shares, you know. But I always try to share with investors that, you know, we are trying our very best to give you a return on your investment. But I warn you that you should really, in a way, treat this as a, Donation more than an investment. Of course, it's still business at the end of the day, it's still dollars and cents. But with the arts, you know, you can't kind of um, assure any outcome. Don't, don't we need day? to get
1: past that mindset, though? Like, hey, come on board with us. Help us make it a success. You know, your money is going to help us to be able to do the marketing and to be able to do the high-quality production that can see a local success or a regional success. Maybe it's not going to be a Hollywood blockbuster. But it, do we need to change that mindset uh, among the not only the production community, but also the investor community? Oh, absolutely, yeah.
2: But I think... A lot of investors do do have this impression that the firm industry is very glamorous, which mm-hmm. I mean part of it is, mm-hmm. and they do think that the money will come from elsewhere that as if we can just knock on the door of Netflix and like give right. us a million dollars sure. I mean, it doesn 't work like that yeah so yeah, I would love for more individual support, if you will, like ground up kind of support rather than us always having to go to you know, governments or
0: big companies. Mm. You know. But with the Netflix and HBO guys involved, Amazon, Hulu, so many platforms, does that strengthen your case when you go to pitch to investors or is it the case it's too much of a fragmented audience? Obviously, you're going to try and spin it into a positive. But if you're going to a potential investor, do you have a much stronger hand now in terms of saying, I can get this movie distributed here, there and everywhere?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because now... You know, after pre production, meaning, you know, once we have a script and we're Mm -hmm. approaching investors, it really helps to in a way assure them that the distribution model we can already what we call pre sell it to certain distributors, certain VOD platforms, certain territories even with through a sales agent. Mm -hmm. So you already have an assured audience, if you will, assured some return on your investment there's already promised even before a private investor's money comes in
1: All right Neil Humphrey's a <laughs> dan co-producer of I Dream of Singapore thanks uh, so much for being with us uh, to you. talk the Golden Globes here on Money FM
0: To listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store